I'm Joan Hogan, welcoming you to the Prairie Doc Radio Program. Dr. Rick Holm, our medical expert, is in the studio ready to answer your questions. Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's worked with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and has served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota Sanford School of Medicine. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Joan Hogan. Well, it's good to see you. And uh, Good to be seen. Have you been able to calm down since last Thursday? Well, that well, was just terrible. I, any of you, many of these listeners look forward to your TV program Thursday night and somehow... And, and, la- and last Thursday was the premiere first show, and it was a really good show, by the way, particularly in Retroflex. Uh, you know, if you look at, at backward, it was such a good show. It was all lost. Just terrible. It just was not... You had the show, but it did not go over the airwaves. Right. So you were able to tape it. You got it. it they ran it again at 10.30 in the morning on Sunday. Not too many people no. are watching South Dakota Public TV at 10.30 on a Sunday morning. They no. sure were ready Thursday night. I'll bet Vermillion might be ready tomorrow night. You know, they, they uh, apologized, and they promoted their part of it, and uh, it was all in Vermilion. It wasn't our part, our fault. No, your show but, went on. It uh, just wasn't aired. Yes. <laughs> what a deal. And you look at your guests and say, I'm sorry, we're not, you know, we're not being uh, oh, out there. But we'll show the show again in May. So that, that's, that's... It will air it live. It will air it's just a pity. again in May. And so that's how that goes. I mean, just the way it is. You can't control certain things. You win some, you lose some. Yeah. That's what it right. is. Well, let's think positive today because with Bob in charge, I know that this program is on <laughs> airwaves. No question <laughs> oh. about it. The man knows what we, he's doing. KBRK is here. Control now. <laughs> hey, uh, tomorrow night you will have a new program, another new program. So it wasn't just last week that was no. new. Tomorrow night is new, and you have two guests coming in to discuss dementia comes in many forms. Dementia yes. is your topic. Dementia. So Not that, an easy topic to talk about, but it certainly affects most people's lives. It doesn't mean that most people have dementia, but most people have a friend or relative who may have suffered or is suffering now with dementia. Right. That's exactly it. And it is a condition that occurs in the elderly. Uh, not every elderly person gets it. Uh, for example, uh, of... of uh, all 90-year-old or older people, more than, less than, uh, less than 50% of them have dementia, and more than 50% of them are not demented. You know, have their noodle. That can, sounds good. Can function, and so I mean, it isn't a foregone conclusion that you'll lose your memory and your your brain as you get older. It is just. Um, uh, one of those deals. And you can get this condition when you're younger too. So uh, it's, not a, it's not a nice disease, I no, have to it isn't. say. My mother-in-law had early onset. She was in, I think, her 60s. And oh. it, was, it was so tough. And it, it, she could hide it. And her husband had died before that, so she was living alone. But our son was in undergraduate, and he spent a summer living with his grandma in St. Louis while he had an internship at an uh, architecture firm in St. Louis. Uh-huh. So he's there, and he'd call his dad and say, Dad, you need to know your mother's not right. She's fine. She's just getting older. And he talked to his uncles who were living in St. Louis. None of them really knew because they weren't living with her. And with months after Eddie left, 
they all realized what was happening. Yeah. But he was there, and he tried everything to get through to the family, but she could hide it so well yes. at the initial outset. Well, I mean, and that's kind of the characteristic of uh, early Alzheimer's uh, condition, uh, disease, because um, uh, people don't want to have this, they, and they oh, no do cover it up. I mean, yeah. we, we, that's a natural uh, state of affairs. And so, you know, you, and all of us lose a little bit of memory as we're going. That's part of a, a tendency to, uh, you know, I don't remember people's names. That doesn't mean that you have Alzheimer's disease. Um, uh, but uh, that happens as we get older. And so you start worrying that it could be uh, happening and you do everything you can do to, to uh, combat it. And of course, combating it is covering it up too. So right. no, I don't have this. No, I will not uh, succumb to uh, my loss of memory. I'm gonna make lists. Uh, one of the things that can also happen is people can get paranoid. They can get, uh, they can turn like they have mental illness and start um, thinking that people are plotting against them. And of course, the more you think that, the more they kind of have a tendency to, uh, to plot against, against you because yeah, something's wrong right. with Aunt Sally. Yeah. We've got to start kind of so then checking you are up plotting. on her. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's it's this not a, a tough, good thing. Tough deal. It really I mean, is a, tough. a guy would almost better have cancer than than memory loss. Now, you know the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's disease. What is the difference? Well, Alzheimer's uh, is one kind of dementia. Uh, vascular dementia. Uh, is another. That makes up the 90% of the, of the causes of dementia. Vascular dementia meaning blood vessel disease and meaning strokes. Small strokes that occur and so you don't see that it's just one arm that's affected or one side that's affected, but, uh, but uh, there are multiple tiny small strokes. And so uh, that's, uh, that's how that goes. Uh, Alzheimer's is one of those deals where you, um, you, you don't, it, it, it's a generalized thing. It doesn't look like there's one-sided things. There's a normal gait with Alzheimer's disease where there's an abnormal gait with vascular dementia. People talk, walk differently uh, with, uh, with strokes. With, the, with and, the strokes. Yeah. With, it's uh, interesting because I always thought dementia. my dad might have had um, Alzheimer's, but he probably had uh, vascular. Yeah. I mean, he, he he didn't have his memory anymore, but, no. you know, you, you just called it Alzheimer's, but his gait, and he did have very small strokes, and that's kind of how they discovered it initially, because yeah. he'd just pass out, and, and then he was fine. He said, oh, he tripped over something. Well, he didn't trip over anything. No, you know, he, he had, had a stroke. A stroke. Yeah. My mom uh, had uh, vascular dementia. She was a smoker. Uh, and uh, I think that was part of it. Uh, and uh, one day, you know, I called her to have our usual conversation as I'm driving from my house to my work, and she can't answer. You know, and I go, uh, it was a saltatory, stepwise loss of neurologic function, clearly vascular. You know, we did carotid studies and heart studies, and. She, and, uh, and the work that we needed to do in those regards, but um, that's what you, you have to do yeah. with vascular dementia. Make sure the carotid arteries are clear and make sure the heart doesn't have a clot in it or a valve abnormality or some mm -hmm. kind of infection. 
Well, it's not a pleasant topic, but it's one that uh, I think many people are interested in because as we, both of us, were affected by it very closely. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a break. If you have any questions about dementia or any other medical topic, we'd appreciate your call at 692-1430. The Avera Medical Group Brookings wants you to know the benefits of breastfeeding. Did you know that breast milk has ideal nutrients for babies, contains important antibodies to fight viruses and bacteria, may reduce disease risk, promotes a healthy weight, and has positive effects on long-term brain development. Talk with your provider about the benefits of breastfeeding. Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Listening today, as we said at the outset, Dr. Holmes' program tomorrow night on South Dakota Public Television will cover dementia in its many forms, and he'll have a psychiatrist as well as a neurologist visiting the program. Uh, today, I asked you to call in questions, and thank you, you really have. Our first caller is uh, from a woman who would like to know, what's the recommendation for the number of eggs a 68-year-old should have per week? And should there be a limit in the number of eggs you eat per week? So I've heard that question before, and somebody answered it by saying you should be fine uh, with uh, a half a dozen a day. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, um, in other words, probably no limit. You know, the cholesterol concentration in the yolk uh, usually is uh, not, uh, does not affect your, your serum cholesterol. It's absorbed, it's beaten up by the enzymes in the gut and the GI tract and it comes through as a protein. Uh, so I think that you have to realize that the egg is probably the very best uh, food that we have for proteins, uh, for protein. You know, there are only three things that food really is, is it's either protein or fat or carbohydrate. Protein, fat, or sugar. And so uh, protein is, the building blocks, you know, it's, as they say, Wonder Bread builds bodies 12 <laughs> ways. You remember that? Oh, yes. Uh, but that's uh, basically, um, you, you need to have the essential amino acids that make up the proteins in our body. And you need to have, uh, uh, we can make carbohydrate from fat and we can make fat from carbohydrate. But we, there are essential amino acids that you just cannot make. You have to have an exogenous source. You have to eat it. And so, uh, and that's, some, and that's okay. a combination of either meat of some kind or uh, legumes plus nuts. You know, that, you know the, 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 the leafy greens and the, you know, a combination of beans and leafy, leafy green uh, vegetables. You know, I'm curious uh, to know, when you talk about this, when we eat vegetables, they're supposed to be healthy for us. What do, this sounds dumb, but I really don't know. Are, is a vegetable, you don't think of a vegetable as a protein. It's not a fat. It's not a sugar. What is it? Well, a, a vegetable is a combination. It has protein in it. It has a lot of carbohydrate, but it's complex carbohydrate. You know, if you look at celery, for example, celery is a carbohydrate, 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 that, the carbohydrate molecule run about 30 times. And so when you eat it, your body has to break it down to get the one carbohydrate out of it, right? 
So, I mean, it breaks down all these carbohydrates into the carbohydrate you can absorb, the sugar, but it has to, the cellulose is this long line of carbohydrates built all trapped together. So your body has to break it down. So it takes more energy for your body to break down the carbohydrate than the, the energy you get from the carbo carbohydrate that you That's you, interesting. You okay, that's why so, it's so safe to eat celery and not that next candy bar. The word <laughs> is complex carbohydrate. If ah. you go, it, you know, so there's a mono, uh, uh, monosaccharide and a disaccharide. Have you ever heard that story? No, tell me that story. So a monosaccharide is a carbohydrate, a single sugar, all alone, readily absorbed, goes right to it. It's sucrose. Okay, you go, boom, it goes right into your system. But if you, if you uh, take lactose, which is a disaccharide, in other words, it's two sugar molecules stuck together that you have to break apart for them to be absorbed, then um, uh, it takes a little energy to do that. Some of us don't have the lactase, the enzyme, to break the lactose into its two components, which I can't remember. It's either su it's sucrose and something else galactosose or I can't remember so but the point I'm making is that's a disaccharide cellulose is a quadri you know <laughs> a long 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 uh, sac uh, uh, mini sac how that mini sac mini, mini awesome so, sac so uh, the Plus. point the point I'm making is that uh, complex carbohydrate that is built together and it takes some energy to break it apart uh, is a lot of it doesn't get broken apart and it goes through as fiber and you end up with a good healthy bowel. That's you know, why we like that. The vegetables are so good for you. Yes. Right? Because they're complex, they're not a teaspoon of sugar might keep the medicine down, but overall it goes right to your system. Yeah. And, and the carb is there. But if you eat a vegetable, it, it has takes to a break while down. for it your body to break it down. It's slow, it slows down the, the it, it it takes a little time to work. And uh, it, it doesn't uh, raise the sugar so high. It just it kind of gets absorbed slowly. And it, it's healthy for the bowels. And so, okay, of course, that's carbohydrate. Right. Fats, there's a, a whole, new story, whole story about fats. You can talk about the different kinds of, uh, of fats. Uh, we used to think that polyunsaturated fats were going to be the cure uh, for uh, uh, heart disease. And we found that when you studied rats and compared eating butter versus polyunsaturated, the, the rats who were, who were eating all that polyunsaturated died sooner. Uh, and if you look at the, uh, the mono, no, what is it called? But the, the classic corn oil, uh, canola oil, which is actually Canadian oil, which is rapeseed oil, uh, or um, olive oil, those kinds of mono, uh, uh, monosaturated fats, those are, um, uh, if they're made thick by hydro hydrogenating them, bubbling hydrogen through it, uh, then they, they do harm. Uh, probably uh, one of the best uh, fats is... <clears throat> Butter. 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 <laughs> Butter. I'm so glad to hear that. Yes. Me too. Really I mean, good. but you know, think about it too. Uh, part of the whole idea of a balanced diet, eating enough fruits and vegetables, having some protein, having some carbohydrates, having some fat, a balance of all those is what you want. 
And uh, the more that you can get back to the original food that isn't processed, it's good. The most important thing is probably less calories. <clears throat> people who eat less calories. Doesn't mean you're losing weight. A lot of people, in fact, there, there's data to show that heavy people eat less calories than thin people. We just don't understand why this fat thing happens. We don't understand it. It's so our metabolism, right? Kind it of, has to do with metabolism. There it is. We just don't understand how it's driven. I've and been very jealous of people with an active metabolism. They can eat anything they want and stay thin. That's exactly Never right. happened to me. That, no. Never, never, never. <laughs> so, my, but my point is, uh, your heart is what matters, not, not how, how much uh, fat is on your belly. And uh, let the person uh, personality uh, be the guide to the quality of that person. I mean, we've really got off the track. We of, get off, but we were kind of there. The question was eggs. Go ahead but and the, eat your but eggs. the answer is eat your eggs. Eat your it eggs. has the essential amino acids. One uh, other thing about eggs, yeah. I have a number of family members who only eat whites. They don't like the, you know, even when I fry, they love bacon and eggs. Yeah. I just must be really good at frying bacon and eggs. Whenever my kids come home, that's <laughs> the first thing they want. Uh, and, you know, we always cook the egg and bacon grease, which probably isn't healthy, but it's but, the way I learned and the way I do it. <laughs> but some of them just have, you take the yolk out and just fry an egg white. Yeah. They're still getting good stuff out of the egg white, right? Well, the egg white is the is albumum. The, of so that's the, the food. important part. It's probably the important. Part. So they're okay if they don't eat the yolk. It's okay if they okay. don't eat the. That's yeah. enough for my family. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after these words. Rabies is a virus that infects wildlife, especially bats, raccoons, skunks, and foxes in the U.S. It can spread to people and pets when they are bitten or scratched, causing fever, agitation, and death. Rabies is 100% preventable with post-exposure prophylaxis that includes rabies vaccine and medications to fight infection, as long as people get the prophylactic medication before the symptoms start. Understanding the risk of rabies and knowing what to do after contact with wildlife can save lives. If you have contact with a wild animal, talk with your primary care provider immediately so that post-prophylactic medication can be started as needed. This is brought to you by the Vera Medical Group, Brookings, 697-9500. Hello, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Joan Hogan here with Dr. Rick Holm. We've had some interesting discussions, and we had... Um, this wasn't a call-in, but a friend caught me uh, recently this week and said, would you please ask Dr. Holm about this? She's been curious, and she said, why don't we ever hear anything about AIDS in the newspaper? Not eggs, E-G-G, but A-I-D-S. I'm sorry, we're talking eggs earlier, now we're on A-I-D-S. We don't hear anything. She said, is it cured? Well, I didn't think it was cured, but... Why are there no stories anymore about AIDS, or what do you think is happening with that disease? They've got a handle on the treatment now, finally. They can treat it. H That's important. HIV is the infection. AIDS is when it's gone so far as to completely wipe out your immune system. And so uh, AIDS is a severe uh, form of HIV infection. Uh, HIV infection, if, if you know you have it, you can start on a uh, medication, which is a combination medicine now that they have, and it will suppress it such that you don't pass it. 
You don't give it away to other people. So you're con and you can live a normal life now. Wow. I mean, it's almost... That's fantastic. That, that really is. is. Really when you fantastic. think of how horrible and devastating it was even... Well, and was it first discovered about 40 years ago? Or I'm trying to think. No, a long 70s, time ago. 60s, you know, 70s, whatever. I think it was when I, had, I was in restaurant in Brookings mm -hmm. when I was reading the New England Journal of Medicine's first report of it. Uh, so it was in the 82, 83 uh, era. Okay. And, and, and boy, it was devastating until they find. And, and fortunately, there was a lot of research done. So that's why we don't hear about AIDS, because it can be taken care of medically. You can, you hope there, it, it isn't spread as easily then because of what the medicine is doing? Uh, no, it can be spread as easily. Oh, it can. Uh, the problem is, uh, and there are people out there that don't know they have it. In fact, the big push from the CDC and others is that we as physicians should test anyone who is out there having sex with more than a monogamous relationship. You should test them for AIDS. They should, everybody should be tested, and if we found everybody who had it, because a third of the people who have it don't, uh, uh, don't know, yeah. uh, then uh, we could get them on medication and they wouldn't be spreading it. And if you're not spreading it, then it would just go away as people you know, would. It'd be fantastic. Well, that's the answer on AIDS. Now, I, you know, let me, uh, let me go to the next step. Okay, so there is some thought that there will be a vaccination for it, but that's a complex story. But it makes me think about Ebola. You know, Ebola is this devastating, kills 60% of the people who get it kind of a thing in Congo right now, and of course half the, the Congo, can, Congolese are killing anybody who would be there trying to give vaccinations to stop Ebola. Because yeah, the, you know, they're, they don't understand. They think that, that white persons are in there trying to do bad. And they're and trying the, to help. And they're trying to help. And uh, it isn't just white persons that are there. It's, it's multiracial, all the nations of the world trying to come to the aid of the Ebola, Ebola. epidemic. But we have a vaccine for Ebola. I mean, that's so, so important. Uh, and now, if you have a vaccine, you can do like what they did with smallpox. So let's say you have an epidemic in this village in Congo. You go and you give everybody nearby the vaccination. So you surround it with a protective barrier. And then you go into the, you know, to the village itself, and then you uh, give them the vaccination who are not deathly ill. And then the, the people who are deathly ill, I think they're getting some treatment that are helpful for them. But it may well be that you, you can't save them all. Of course, you can't. No. Uh, but then they're gone, and then the people all around have isolated it, and it, the, the disease dies using a ring of vaccination. That's amazing. And what, one comment you made when you started talking about Ebola caught my ear, my eye. 60% death rate if you get it, that's huge. That's, that's really just huge. No wonder it's so frightening. And you wish that the, uh, the people in the Congo who are fighting the medical help would just stop and mm -hmm. let them get the medical help. Yep. Tough thing. Yep. Tough, tough. Okay, well, that takes care of AIDS and Ebola. Hopefully, we, neither we, one is present in South we, Dakota. We were, uh, somebody were t was talking about rabies, and we are talking about skunks. And uh, I was, our group was singing to a, uh, 
a gentleman uh, in uh, last, uh, two Tuesdays ago in the hospital, a gentleman, a retired high school principal, a jolly fellow, smiling and laughing, and had his ear plugs on, ear um, phone in so he could hear us. And uh, we sang for him, and he just loved it. It was just wonderful. And he said, say, you heard about the, my neighbor who had skunks under his porch. And I said, I heard that. I, don't, I didn't know that. He came over to my house, and he said, what do you do to get rid of the skunks? And uh, so I told him to uh, put lutefisk in there, and it'll, <laughs> it'll push him away. So he threw lutefisk under there. I came back a week later, and I said, so how did how'd the lutefisk do in getting rid of the skunks? And he said, skunks went, but now I've got Norwegians under there. I can't get rid of them. <laughs> That's your skunk story for the day. Okay. I had you going on the rabies. I do think that it's important to realize that uh, this is also um, bat uh, weather. Uh, People find bats in their house and so on and so forth. If there is a hint that there is a bat bite or that your kid is sleeping in the same room that there was a bat, please get the vaccination. Get Uh, it right away. Right away. Don't wait you know, five days or 10 days, because it kills 100%. I mean, rabies does. Rabies kills, it's a death sentence. And there's been like one or two or three survivors, but they are in nursing homes, neurologically really disabled by this terrible, terrible viral infection. So rabies is serious and bats you want to keep away from. And if you know they're in your house, get help right away. Call a bat control people, you know, and, um, so that's what you need okay. to do. And, uh, you, you know, the animal control people of the city will come in and, and get rid of the bat. What we had a bat in our house, <laughs> we were sitting in there watching TV and a bat fly, all flying, all right suddenly flying back and forth, mm. back and forth above our head. So uh, I closed off all the doors except the one leading into the kitchen. And then waving my arms, waving my arms, the bat had to stop going the whole length of the room and then shorter, 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 moved into the, into the, the, kitchen. Into the kitchen. Close them off. Close that door. And uh, pushed uh, the bat uh, into, the, into the entranceway and then opened the door and Joni was outside and the bat flew off uh, into the distance. Uh, That's not easy to do. I'm impressed the two of you really went to work on that bat. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's, there's a waving yeah. way Get of doing it. Get them out of there. Right. So, but if you touch the bat, you know, wash your hands really carefully. And if there's a scratch on your hand, you know, get some help. Okay. Well, we, we are going to take our final break, and we will be back right after this. August is National Immunization Awareness Month. Here are just a few ideas of how you can promote immunizations. Talk with your friends and family members about how vaccines aren't just for kids. Shots can protect people of all ages from serious diseases. Encourage people in your community to get the flu vaccine every year. Invite a doctor or nurse to speak to parents about why it's important for kids to get vaccinated. If you have questions about immunizations, talk with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. today. We've, I've enjoyed this program. I hope all of you have. And tomorrow night, you're going to talk about dementia, and it's yeah. going to be a positive program. Well, you know, it is 
What can we do to help? One of the things I think is support groups. And I don't know if we have an active support group at the hospital right now for uh, families with dementia, but certainly uh, that would be good. Uh, I do note that tomorrow night, Robert Nuss, who is a psychiatrist with an interest in dementia, and Jeff Boyle, uh, a, a, a neurologist that's been on our show before, will be together. And it'll be interesting to hear a psychiatrist and a neurologist interacting with each other. I'm looking forward to that. So uh, we're going to, many causes, many forms, how they present, how to handle it, try to keep people at home. When can you feel not guilty about going somewhere? You know, how do you define early dementia? You know, uh, and so on and so forth. There are three, but don't, don't remember three things. I want to remember Chevrolet, Apple, and well, Don't Arizona. do that to me. He does that to me. I have no <laughs> memories. Stop it, Ray. Chevrolet is something else. That's it. Okay. okay. <laughs> we had another caller. What was that? Uh, I don't think you have time We've got to cover it. It's, 40 seconds. Uh, 40 seconds. What causes ringworm? How do you get it? How do you get rid of it? Ringworm. It, it's a fungus, and you can find an antifungal thing on over-the-counter at your pharmacist. Try that first. Quick answer. Fungus is it. That's it for today. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program. And we'll listen again for Prairie Doc, brought to you by the Vera Medical Group Brookings. Follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit us at www.prairiedoc.org. Thanks, Rick. That's all for this week. Thank you, Joan and Bob. And stay healthy out there, people. And exercise. exercise. <laughs>